You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, on your way out, give us a quick plug. You're, you're heading to Shreveport to corner one of your fighters. W- when and where is that fight? So that fight, that horseshoe, it is uh, AKA, American Combat Alliance, Christian Fulgham. He's one of my coaches. He's been with me 10 to 12 years, one of Dustin's old training partners. He's fighting in the main event against Calvin Hackney tonight. And so I'm on my way out there. I actually am a referee for the Louisiana Boxing Commission now. They asked me to start refing because uh, they needed some high-quality psychopaths. And then um, Christian fights in the main event, and I'll corner him. So we're super excited about that. And then August 24th in Lafayette, Louisiana, I'm putting on Fightville 2. So I do an MMA promotion. I did one about two years ago in Lafayette at Evangeline Downs called Fightville, and it was incredible. And we're doing the second installment at Hyman Performing Arts, August 24th. It should be a barn burner. Thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Best of luck uh, on the fight this week. Absolutely. All right. Y'all be safe. You too, bud. I like the whole story about the bar, the nightclub, Cowboys. Had a buddy text me immediately, said, been there. <laughs> so maybe this is like a real-life uh, roadhouse. Yeah, yeah. You better be, st- you better be ready to go when you, get, when you so hit there. hanging around there 1, 2 a.m. in the morning. You never know what will happen. Listen, though, if you are a fight fan for real, tune into these fights tomorrow night. The first one was going to be the fight of the year before that uh, controversy set in. So I, you're talking about two of the most fan-friendly fighters going at it. Monroe All-Stars are ready to slug it out with some of the best teams in the South. The Dixie Majors World Series is about to get underway. Monroe's coach, Jay Culver, joins us after the break on the morning drive. I'm Kyle Montgomery with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Odell Beckham Jr. was present for day one of the Giants training camp starting on Thursday. Team co-owner John Morris says the team will be speaking with Beckham's agent, quote, sooner rather than later in hopes of getting a new contract done for the star receiver. Eagles franchise quarterback Carson Wentz was also on the field Thursday and took part in 11-on-11 drill. Wentz is looking to come back after tearing his ACL and LCL last season. Seahawks safety Camp Chancellor will miss the 2018 season as he recovers from a neck injury. On Thursday, the team placed Chancellor on the reserve slash pup list. Jameis Winston spoke to the media Thursday for the first time since being handed a three-game suspension for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. Winston mentioned that he let the team, community, and himself down for his off-the-field actions. And Raiders star Khalil Mack has yet to report to camp. Mack, of course, holding out for a new deal. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. At CarMax, when we say we buy all the cars, we mean it. Over the last 20 years, we've purchased millions of cars from coast to coast. In the last year alone, we've bought a mountain of Mercury's, an armada of Nissan's, a ton of Titans, an ocean of Pacificas, and a sea of Sienna's. Not to mention a few Hellcats and a couple of Tornadoes. So no matter what you're selling, CarMax is buying. And we'll buy your car even if you don't buy ours. CarMax. We buy all the cars. Only the top athletes in the world can make the NFL. But anyone can play NFL Fantasy Football, the official fantasy game of the National Football League. NFL Fantasy provides all the tools you need to build a winning team, live draft, and manage your team from anywhere on your phone. 
get expert advice, and player projections right in the game. What are you waiting for? Sign up for free today at NFL.com. It's 8 o'clock at KNBB Dubach Rustin Monroe. Time for the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out on this Friday morning in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fabulous job back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. Looking forward to a big weekend, and one of the events we'll be keeping close tabs on is the Dixie Majors World Series. It gets underway tonight with the opening ceremonies, then games on Saturday out at the new Sterlington Sports Complex. Monroe's all-star coach, Jay Culver, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. Jay, how you doing this morning, bud? I'm great, guys. How are you? Good. Let's start with first the fact that the Dixie Majors World Series is returning to this area. How beneficial that is for uh, you know this area, and plus just how cool is it to have it right in your own backyard once again? Uh, it's definitely beneficial to the community, um, you know, with with businesses and restaurants and uh, the amount of people that come in, the families and the teams. Um, and then for us, it's great for our guys to be able to stay home and, and play in front of their their local fam, uh, you know, friends, families, and you know, classmates and uh, teammates. And uh, it's just a good experience overall for our guys. Like I said, to, to stay here, stay in their own bed, not have to go to another state you know, for five or six days. How long uh, have you been associated now with Dixie Majors Baseball and then now being the head coach of this team? I've been associated for about somewhere between eight to ten years. Um, I started kind of my own deal um, five years ago. Um, we, we got a group of guys together actually from West Washtenaw and Neville, and uh, it turned out to be a really good deal. We just kind of rolled on with it from there. Does it put any extra pressure on you guys having this uh, in your own backyard? Um, a little bit. I, I think. Uh, I think you know, with us being the host team, um, you know, I think our our guys feel a little bit pressured because of that. Um, it's something we've talked about. Um, but you know, I guess at the end of the day, they we've been playing ball all together. You know, together all summer, and uh, so it really just comes down to making the plays and. Coming out focus is something I think we've lacked is uh, some focus and some energy here lately. Uh, played at Sterlington last weekend and on the turf. We played six games in four days. And and I know it can be tiring, um, but I think uh, overall with the way the, the Dixie Majors tournament set up, you, you look at playing, um, you know, one game a day. Um, it does last a little longer, but I think that, that'll help us in that sense. But uh, I think our guys will be ready to go. Someone that has not been out to the new Stortin complex yet, how would you describe it and what kind of impact it can make on Northeast Louisiana? Uh, the way to describe it, it's uh, it's one of the best facilities I've seen um, probably within about a five-hour range area of Monroe. Um, it, it's definitely got some things to, to make adjustments to, but it's new. Um, it's going to be beautiful. It already is. Um, they're just kind of waiting some things to 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 get rolling, and um, it's definitely going to be huge for the community. Once again, with with the businesses, uh, the hotels, um, I think I think they're booked through like almost 2019, um, and it it can somewhat give anybody that wants to catch baseball at any time of the year something to do. 
Um, but going back on the facility, I've been to both parts of it, the younger group and the older group, and it's both coming along real great. Um, like I said, it's just going to take some time to uh, get everything ironed out, um, but it's, it's going to be beautiful. It's a great addition to our area. Jay Culver, Monroe Majors uh, coach, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. Jay, uh, tell us a little bit about this team, some of the standout players. Well, uh, you know, we, we've got guys from all over this area, um, some guys that even came back after their first year of college, um, you know, guys like that played at, played at Washtenaw, that's now at LSUE, Will Heath. Um, we've got Dawson Huckabee that played at West Washtenaw. He's now at Louisiana Tech. Austin Tidwell, that was another West Washtenaw kid. Um, he's now at Colin over in Mississippi. Um, Trevor Rugg, that was a Claiborne Christian star. He's at Paris, Texas. Um, those guys have been, been big for us just because um, all four of those guys have been in our program, and I think they show a, a big example to our younger guys that are new, new to this and, and kind of what it's about. Um, and then we've got guys that have been in our program as well, but they quite haven't made it up to the majors group. And uh, one of those surprises is Chase Duncan from Caldwell. He's been a, a, a kid that's been in our program for three years. This is his first time on the older team. And uh, he has made it everything he wanted it to be because he relaxes, play, plays baseball. Um, he's been our most consistent hitter all summer. Um, he's a younger kid that, that, to be honest with you, we weren't expecting a whole lot out of coming into the end of it. We knew we were going to give him a chance, and he has made it made the opportunity well for him because, I mean, he's just been fun to watch. It's something me and him have talked about, you know, just how, how exciting it is to, to watch him play baseball. And then we got guys, you know, some more West Washington kids like uh, Peyton Parker, who's going to be an exciting senior for them next year. He's been fun to watch coming up through the West Washtenaw program. Um, Luke Honeycutt, who recently graduated from West Washtenaw, that um, has signed to play at Tech. Um, we've got a couple more Caldwell kids that have been great to our program. One's behind the dish and Nick Gomer. Um, another one in Jackson McCann. He's been big in relief. He He's a guy that kind of does everything. He can play first for us, play outfield, come in on the mound. He does everything we ask him. And um, and then we got Kent, Kent Berry that uh, – you know, was West Monroe's four-hole guy. He's been a blessing to have. He was kind of a, a late addition before we got started, but a huge one at that. He's been a, he's been a great one to have. And then we got um, Cameron Dollar, you know, kind of kind of leaving the area a little bit. We got Cameron Dollar from Minden, and uh, he can absolutely fly in the outfield. He's got a lot of pop. He actually competed in the uh, Tri-State Championship home run derby last weekend and finished in the top five. Um, and he's a little older guy, but uh, he swings it with a lot of power. And then kind of leaving the area also, uh, Eli Stringer, you know, uh, the big, I guess I'd say, 315-pound quarterback from LaSalle. I know you guys have talked about oh, it. Yeah. Um, he's, in, uh, he's an amazing kid, to say the least. Uh, he, he just battles battles through anything. He, he he likes to compete. He's been our most consistent guy on the mound. Um, and it's like I tell people, and you guys probably thought the same thing. You look at him and you probably don't think a whole lot. But then you put the football or baseball in his hand and he becomes an athlete. And uh, he's been a lot of fun to have around. And 
just going around the table, that, that's a pretty good amount of our guys. Uh, it's always an interesting dynamic trying to get all these players from different schools and programs to kind of mesh together. What's it been like watching this group kind of bring it all together? Well, uh, to be honest with you, it's been kind of difficult this summer. Um, we, we've had a lot of guys um, that go on vacations and have missed time for this and that, and we we don't we don't uh, look at that in a bad in a, in a bad way because they've played. You know, some of these guys have played 40, 40 games coming out of their high school season, and we try to give them a break, and we're not expecting them to be there um, every game. But, you know, last night at practice we were looking at it. It's the first time we've had our full roster together. Um, but I do think they do mesh well. Um, it also, with guys missing, it gives us an opportunity to see what guys can do because we're not having to pick from 18 every weekend. We're having to pick from 12 to play. Um but they do a lot of stuff together. They hang out, um, you know, after BP. They go eat um, as a team. And it's kind of – it's fun to see guys from, from different schools get together and become best friends. And, and, and that's what's special to me. I, I still talk to guys that we've had from years in the past. And they'll be able to tell me exactly what another player's doing that was on that same team. And uh, I think this, this group's no different. They'll continue to stay friends and – like I said, it's something that's special to me. Uh, finally, Jay, I guess opening ceremonies later tonight. Where will it be? And then uh, when do you guys hit the field for the first time? Um, opening ceremonies is tonight at 6 o'clock at the Student Union Building um, on the campus of ULM. Um, we'll go go through that. Um, our guys will get there around 530 and we'll um, eat and go through the opening ceremonies. Then we'll have a late practice after that um, just to get the guys going. A little bit, it'll be very light, but um, something to, to get them going through the day um, and give them some activity instead of just sitting around all day, um, especially with us playing tomorrow. Play tomorrow at 6 at the new complex in Sterlington. Uh, we play Mississippi. You know, they're, they're a team that I don't know a whole lot about them. Basically, based on the fact that they, they've had good years and they've had bad years, and you don't ever know what you're going to get with Mississippi. Um, and it's kind of like that with all the teams. But with all with some of the teams, such as South Carolina, Arkansas, those, those teams are pretty much in the running every year. Um, they show up and play. They've got really good players. And like I said, the Mississippi team, I've seen them where they're really good, and I've seen them where they're average. I've never seen bad from them. Um, we had not even talked about Mississippi with our guys, other than the fact we played Mississippi at 6 o'clock. So uh, I think it really comes down to us and the way we handle things, the way we handle adversity, because there's going to be some. Um, and then can we get can we get used to the turf? And that's that shouldn't be a big deal, but that's just another factor in it. But um, and then hopefully our guys aren't, um, you know, working too hard during the day, and you know they can get some relaxation time and then be ready to play at six. Jay, as always, we appreciate the time. Good luck this week at the Dixie Majors World Series. Thanks, guys. You guys have a good one. You bet. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, we'll talk a little uh, gambling. Uh-oh. Right up your alley. Yeah. we we'll do some uh, futures. I thought we were trying to uh, help me yeah. to stop gambling. Uh, these over and unders, win totals. Mm. They are intriguing, aren't they? Who better task than a professional gambler himself, Ben Mintz? I'm sure we'll get a World Series 
poker story or two coming up after the break on the morning drive. Welcome back to the show. So, Jake, you've got a number of titles, but a title that you do not have, which you'd like to have, professional gambler. That's true. I I wish I had that title. Ben Mintz has a lot of titles. He wears a lot of different hats, but one of them being professional gambler. Ben, do you put that on your business card? (laughs) I I, I don't know. I've never put the professional gambler on my business card, Aaron. Actually, when I started applying for jobs a couple of years ago, I had this, (laughs) this huge black hole of a resume from 2006 to 2014. And I didn't really know what to tell people. Like, hey, you know, professional poker player for eight years and, Actually, people kind of liked it. I, I thought I was a little embarrassed and kind of didn't really know what to think about it. But uh, people, you know, people enjoyed it a little bit. Before we get into some NFLs and some over and under win totals, got to talk to you. World Series of Poker, first of all, congratulations. What was that experience like, the, the fact that what you start with, how many, uh, 15,000 and you end up uh, in the 300s? Pretty darn impressive. Yeah, it's what- 7,850, I believe, and got 327th uh, made. Boy, it's just such a marathon. I mean, I busted with 15 minutes left in day four, which was like 1 a.m. in Vegas uh, after four full days. It, it was so surreal in that because I was a professional from 06 to 14, the peak of my poker career was when I got 75th in the 2011 World Series of Poker main event. But this was even more special than that to me just because I'd gone back to school and tried to build up mixing up events. And I think just maybe finding the life balance and – you know, all that other stuff kind of makes me appreciate poker and makes makes me a lot more grateful. It was awesome. All right, Ben, I got to go. First of all, how daunting and intimidating is that when you see or you know there's 8,000 guys you're competing against? I mean, it's got to be a, a huge area. Well, I think a big part of it is you can't really look at the number. You just got to realize you've got nine other people at your table, and all you can mm-hmm. do is beat the guys at your table and just focus on that. I know that's kind of like golfers probably – you know, not watching the scoreboard, I guess. People on golf always say that. Uh, I think the big thing for me was I came in with a lot of momentum because I got seventh in that World Series of Poker New Orleans main event final table in May. And uh, it's kind of like sports in that, you know, when you get confidence and momentum in anything in life, uh, you can really, really get hot and make great things happen. And I think the fact that I came in with a lot of confidence was just feeling good. Uh, you, you know, you, I know you're real big on the working out, just getting, trying to get a little healthier this year, I think it's, certainly helped my poker game and my mindset and man it's been uh it's been some journey this year that's for sure it was amazing so how do you after having a successful day you get through one you get through two not be tempted of course to go out and have a little fun in vegas well i, I think you got to realize because i think the, the appreciative thing i mean that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity you get to play poker for 8.8 million dollars I, mean, I don't even know how this is a real story in my life and so i think i really just kept eyes on that fact and uh, realize that, you know, there's plenty of time to have fun. Lord knows I, I certainly still enjoy uh, having some fun every now and then for sure. But during Vegas, World Series, Maine, I just tried to treat it, you know, like a sport, you know, like an athlete would treat the playoffs. It's just a very, very serious deal. And uh, certainly I had a good time after it was over. All right, Ben. I know that some crazy things happened there in Vegas. Uh, you got a story or two for us? Yeah, oh, I've got some great ones that are really funny. Um, going into day three, there were 2,900 people left, and I was in 777th place on July 7th, which is 7-7. And right when I saw that, I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to run hot today. It's like a sign from the heavens. And uh, I ended up, like, flopping a full house firsthand, and I went from 180,000 to 665,000 for five or six hours to day three. 
Uh, and I think the funniest, there were two funny interactions I'll share with you at the table. Uh, the first one is Phil Helmuth, the poker brat, who's pretty oh, famous, yeah. you know, one of the most famous folks. He has like a grand entrance to the World Series main every year where he does like a different theme. And I happened to be at the table while all the ESPN cameras were walking by. He, he comes in dressed as Thor with like 20 beautiful women dressed up like marching behind him. And you could see me and the other Ben Mintz, who's a writer in New Orleans, who's out there covering me, just having fun. There's like, you could see us on ESPN as Tell Me just passing by. It was just a absurd grand spectacle. Uh, and the other funniest thing for sure was at the end of day two, I was at a table with a guy from Amsterdam, a guy from Belgium, some Colorado guy, a Russian, you know, World Series of Poker people from all over. People are just laughing at my southern accent just all the time. Nobody can take me seriously. But for some reason, I was trying to order an energy drink from this cocktail waitress, and she kept and she keeps ignoring me. And like somebody at the table is like, "What's up with this?" And she uh, shot me down three times and ignored me. And I just said, "Well, I mean, it, it, it certainly in the first time or the last time I've gotten shot down by a woman, and the whole table just laughed and died. I mean, people were almost crying at the table. It was great." How much interaction is there on the table, and how long does it take before you can actually read somebody? Uh, I think the big thing on reading people, I can't. The physical tell thing, I, I, I sometimes I think people bet fast when they're bluffing, like they don't think it out through, and so maybe if they act quick, it's like a little impulsive, so that makes me think they're bluffing. Um, but overall, I think the stuff I look for more is like when they have a really good hand, do they bet small or do they bet big? Like I'm looking at you know, what is the sizing of your bets? And so maybe that's how I get a little more information, if that makes sense. We had this conversation while you were in the midst of this. It was between uh, Jake and Tabor and myself. If we were sitting at a table, what what would be the odds of us actually taking down Ben Mitz? What says you? Better than you, th- better than you think. <laughs> uh, it, 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 the thing with poker, anybody can win. That's what makes it so great. I mean, I can't go out and buy into the Super Bowl or the Masters, you know, but if you can raise enough money, you can go play the World Series of Poker. And, uh, yeah, I think the luck factor is huge in the short run, but in the long run, the skill kind of evens out. But sometimes the long run can be months and years. The thing is, though, the World Series of Poker main event, you get 50,000 chips in the level for two hours. I mean, to call this thing a marathon is an understatement. So I think the skill edge is greater when the tournament lasts a week. Well, Ben, I know you're back to reality, and of course, grinding away over there in Shreveport with your uh, radio show. And I know you're keeping close tabs on the NFL with training camps just getting underway. You look at some of these win totals and over and unders for some franchises. A lot of play being on uh, the Patriots uh, at 11 wins on the year. Ooh. I think there'll be a, I think there'll be a little bit of a fall off for New England this year. Uh, not too bad, because as long as the, the rest of that vision, they got six games against the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills, and all three of those teams, you know, either have rookie quarterbacks or Ryan Tannehill. So I feel pretty good that New England will keep going five and one in the division. And as long as they keep doing well in that AFC East, they could, you know, they'll win eleven or twelve games. Uh, the, there are a couple teams to me that I'd like to comment on. Uh, I really like the Kansas City Chiefs this year. I'm a big Patrick Mahomes fan, the former Texas Tech quarterback. And everybody's kind of thinking the Chiefs are going to fall off after Alex Smith went to Washington, and I think Mahomes is an upgrade just because he can throw down the field more. And I really like their weapons with Sammy Watkins now signing and Tyree Kill and Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, and a good O-line. And then Eric Berry's coming back off a torn ACL last year, and I think he's one of the best safeties in the NFL. And so I really like KC a little bit as a sleeper. Uh, I think, I'm kind of thinking the Giants are going to bounce back a little bit with Saquon Barkley 
and they signed Nate Solder, the Patriots left tackle, to go along with Evan Ingram and Odell Beckham and Shepard. So I'm kind of buying, and you know, I don't know how much Eli's got left in the tank, but I think they can get back to eight or nine wins. Uh, and I think the Bears are going to be a little better than people think too. I mean, I don't know if they're going to, you know, win ten games, but I think they're going to go over the total. I like some of the moves they made to surround Trubisky with talent. They also hired Andy Reid's off better Nagy. Kind of the Bears are kind of copying the Eagles' Doug Peterson playbook. I don't know if they'll have that kind of success, but I like the moves they made this offseason. Yeah, the Giants. Uh, the win total now is set at seven. One that certainly also caught my eye was the fact that uh, the Cleveland Browns are getting a lot of love now. I don't know if it's Baker, of course, getting Landry, but uh, it opened up at five and a half, and it still is at five and a half for the Browns. It seems like a, a pretty uh, big number considering what the Browns have done in the last two years. Yeah, I think that's one of those that stay away. I mean, I certainly like some of the talent on that team, but, I mean, it's awful hard to bet over on a team that's 1-31 in their last 32 games. <laughs> yes. and, I mean, I, I do like the, the receiving core, like you mentioned, Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, and now they're thinking about signing Des Bryant. I mean, that's an awful lot of talent to wide receiver position. I, I don't know that Tyrod Taylor is a good enough NFL passer because he can't really throw to his third and fourth reads. Uh, and Mayfield is going to be real young. But I do think Cleveland will be a heck of a lot more entertaining. I think 5-11 and 11 or 6-10 sounds about right, so I'm going to stay away from that one. Uh, ben, we want to hear more. We certainly can hear you going through Shreveport. Uh, where can people find you? Oh, yeah, on my Twitter, at Ben Mintz, 531, uh, B-E-N-M-I-N-C-T, 531. And, Aaron, I know you're excited. Another season of Aaron's Aces, uh, ready to call some Maryland Viking high school football every year. Uh, kind of starting to get, get pumped up with uh, practices starting on Monday. Without a doubt. Thanks, Ben. Stay in touch. Oh, uh, they you go. Congrats on your little girl. Yeah, um, I didn't catch what he said at the end there. Um, I said Jake uh, Martin's the best. Oh, well, thank you. Even though he didn't ask a question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you were hogging it the whole time. But uh, you were confident you could hold your own at the table with Ben Mitz. No, I'm not. I would lose my money pretty quickly. I don't have the patience to yes. sit there and play the long game, so I would go all in. And a USC fight would be in the background, <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, see ya. I'm Whoops. checking out. <laughs> yeah, you cannot have any TV on unless it's like horse racing. Then I think I'm good. I can stay focused. <laughs> For two minutes. <laughs> the Morning Drive returns after this. We're going to talk to a former major leaguer. Uh, Brad Emus joins us after the break on The Morning Drive. Welcome back to the show. Aaron and Jake hanging out. Hey, there. I think it was – Earlier this week, no, it was late last week, you know, Bama Jim, one of our avid listeners, he, he calls in and gives a recommendation. This was uh, just earth-shattering, I thought, the fact that he gave a, a book review for yeah. Jake. Yeah. And by the end of the show, or even before we'd reached the commercial break, Jake went on Amazon and actually bought the book. Yeah, I'm all in for anything Larry David. That's it. The book so was... the book arrives, and you are fired up off the recommendation from Bama Jim. Yes. Now, the book is – it's titled Hitchhiking with Larry David. So you're thinking, what, this is going to be good. This is going to be great. Now, the guy's a great writer, but the book is way more centered about him and his journey. So it's not actually Larry David, like, hitchhiking across America and just getting picked up by people and he, doing stories? No, he literally just got picked up by Larry David. It happened to be Larry David. Uh. And Larry David took him from one side of the island to the other. And so it's a small portion of the book. So I was a little disappointed in that part of it. Oh, that's false advertising right there. That said, the guy I, – I, I still won't hate on the book because the guy is a really good writer. Um, that said, I'm not that interested in – So the guy is writing Larry David's coattails. Pretty much, yeah. 
Larry David, actually on the book it says, uh, had I known he was going to write a book, I would have tried to be wittier. But uh, anyway, it was it was fine. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not a bad read. Uh, let's talk a little uh, baseball from uh, 643 Hitting Academy and former professional major leaguer Brad Emis joins us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. Brad, how you doing this morning, bud? Good morning. Good morning. A little tired with these new twins on the way here. But, uh, I know. Congratulations. Congratulations with the, the, the twins. I'm sure uh, some sleepless nights. I want to pick your brain about a, a number of things. Uh, first of all, relatively new to the area, but, uh, of course, the owner of 643 Hitting Academy. We always talk about the fact that uh, baseball perhaps isn't the hit that it used to be with kids. What have you seen from the youngsters so far in northeast Louisiana and their passion for the game? Um, you know, I still think it's a big hit with kids. It's just, uh, it seems to be over-dominated by some other sports in the area based on the training that's occurred, et cetera, with it. Um, but no, the passion's still there. Um, the kids love to learn it. You know, it's just, uh, it's a different little era where not every single kid seems to be playing the game. Um, and a lot of that is, you know, they're, they're in it. They're in it at a young age. They're not getting the coaching they need. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of falter off of it, as would any player who doesn't see any progress in the game. Um, so hopefully we're here to change that. I guess it all goes back to kind of putting the, the fun into fundamentals and making it an enjoyable experience for them when they're practicing the game. Yeah, look, I know when we've talked before that, that we talk all about having fun. And um, like I've said, if you're not having fun at any level you're playing, regardless of professionally collegiate or or high school and below you better enjoy doing it because you're going to be around it a lot and to be around it a lot you got to enjoy doing it and you'll get really good if you have that mentality to it um regardless of the sport anything brad you got an interesting story just to how you worked your way through the ranks of course uh, coming out of high school in michigan you get drafted in the 18th round out of high school I can only imagine how tough of a decision that must have been for you, whether to turn pro immediately or to go to Tulane. Um, you know, at the time, it uh, it was a tough decision. I was looking at a pretty good scholarship from Tulane, uh, you know, valued it at a pretty good amount, definitely not the cheapest school. Um, and then the Braves were offering me a certain amount, and they were getting pretty close together. And uh, We just kind of came to a family decision that, that we thought college was the route for me, and I thought I made the right call with that as far as maturing a little bit as a hitter and um, all around as, as a player and person, and, and it helps you be on your own and kind of the tough times of pro ball sometimes. Yeah. Well, so. We've had a number of kids, of course, uh, from this area that have been drafted out of high school, and, and a few of them have made that decision to make the jump immediately to professional baseball. If you have one of these athletes come to you and kind of ask you your advice, what do you tell them in terms of, uh, you know, the, the struggles that you may have in professional ball and then, of course, the pros and the cons of going to the college ranks? Well, honestly, it's all determined based on the player for sure. Um, you know, there, there's only one that I really know of that I would have recommended going to, to a pro ball with it. But for the most part, I recommend college for, for most everyone. Um I, you know, I'll tell them I was pretty dang talented at this game. And, oh, hang on one sec, got me a, I was pretty talented at this game, and my career ended at 26. Um, 
so I do try and stress to all of them the importance of a college education and and finding some way to um, better your life once you are done with the game because it is going to end. It ends for everyone. It ends at a quick rate. Um, but you can always take your education or your investments from pro ball and, and turn that into a business for later in life also. So, you know, through the people you meet through the game, um, it, it can just open up some great windows for you. And, and um, So I, I usually go the college route when we're talking to these players uh, based on that aspect for maturity, um, gain some size. Uh, but look, if a player is, is the real deal and, and he belongs in pro ball and needs to get his career going, I will gladly tell them as well um, because I find he's doing himself no justice going to college um, and wasting maybe three years of his life or career in that aspect, not necessarily yeah. his life. Yeah, uh, Three years, of course, at, at Tulane, and then, of course, you get drafted by the Mets in the 11th round. You make your way through the minor leagues. Tell us about the day that you actually get the call up to the Mets and what that was like. Uh, well, it was uh, in spring training. I, I actually made the opening day um, roster for the Mets in 2011. So I was a Rule 5 draft pick um, from the Blue Jays in the winter of 2010. And uh, uh, what I remember Terry Collins telling me, I think we were at Washington Spring Training uh, Complex, and we were taking BP, and that's when he had finally, I guess, made his decision to what roster he was going with, probably, you know, right March 29th, March 30th, somewhere around in there. And then uh, let me know we'd be heading off to Miami to play. Mm. So that uh, that was a pretty cool time. You know, it's, you've heard some people have the stories of just sitting in the office or certain call-ups, et cetera. Mine wasn't really uh, anything exciting. It was kind of how I preferred it to be, in all honesty. Just, hey, you're going to be playing second for us in two days in Miami. Mm. Sounds great. Let's go get it. Brad, um, we always have but, the – we have the debate on the show, what's the toughest professional sport to make it in? And you look at Major League Baseball and the number of great players that are in the minors and never get that call. Could you make the argument that Major League Baseball is the toughest to break in? You know, statistically, I'm sure there's maybe a couple tougher. Golf's probably pretty hard based on its worldwide um, ability, I'm guessing. But, look, baseball not only takes you getting it done with the correct numbers, on what is 100% the hardest thing to do in sports, which is hit a baseball. Um, most people don't understand that a blink of an eye is, is incredibly faster than a major league fastball, or slower, I'm sorry. Um, you don't have a lot of time to decide what to do with it, and you're playing nine versus one. I, I can't describe how hard the game truly is when it gets up to that level. Um, you know, all of them are, are, are ridiculously hard, but to to make it in baseball, not only do you have to have a little talent, a really good work ethic, um, but you got to catch a break, too. And it's one of the few sports that people always talk to, you have to catch a break to uh, make it for the most part. You, know, you never hear that out of a seven-footer in the NBA. If, if he can play, he can play. Um, baseball, you know, that things happen. You get pushed behind. It, it can be tough. You know, no doubt. So I, I personally am biased, but I, I do think it's the hardest thing to do professionally but uh you know everybody has their opinion on it 
for youngsters to make their high school squad or perhaps one day play in college baseball, a lot of people believe they need to be playing year-round. I don't know if you were a multi-sport guy in high school. What's your kind of concept on how much do you need to play and, and how much do you need away from the game of baseball throughout the year if you're a youngster? You know, that's actually a pretty good question. Uh, the way I would kind of go about it would, number one, if you want to be good at this and you do want to go play collegiate-level baseball, then you better be doing it almost every day. Um, just plain and simple, not necessarily at age 10. Uh, but when you start getting up into the teenage years and 13, 14, it, it better be a daily thing for it. And the only reason is the rest of the country is doing that. There's players in California, Texas, Florida. Um, you know, you name the state. The fact is there's players out there that you will be fighting for scholarships for that are doing that work on those days. Um, you know, we are known for having great football in this area. And the reason for that is they make football as much a year-round sport as they possibly can. Uh, they take them in the summer for their trainings. They take, I mean, you know, you're around the area. It, it's a football-driven area. Um, so based on that, me personally, I played baseball year-round. Uh, I think all the guys I played with almost played year-round. I did play other sports. I played basketball and a little bit of football going into ninth grade maybe. But once I established a new kind of that baseball was where I wanted to go with something, I wanted to put all my time into it. Um, so honestly, as a coach, the biggest thing I just want to stress to any player listening, regardless of their age, if you want to go do any sport or anything, go put your time into it. Nobody will get good going halfway at something and halfway at another thing. And that's really the only main thing that I would stress in this area is if you want to be a baseball player, go be a baseball player type. But I do find other sports create a lot of good athleticism too. So well, You're offering, um, of course, you're offering your expertise, the six four three Hitting Academy now. What are some of the services you offer and uh, what's the best way for uh, parents to get their kids signed up? Um, best way is probably to give us a call or sign up online at 643HA.com. Um, but, look, we, we offer everything there is in, in baseball, uh, pitching, hitting, fielding. Um, we have all our indoor facility that has our cages and our, our uh, mounds outside and inside. And uh, we offer softball, everything except pitching and softball right now. Um, but you're going to come to a place that, loves to teach kids. We have fun with kids. Um, we do take what we do serious, unlike some other uh, facilities I've seen in, in previously around this area where it tends to be more um, just kind of a daycare center. And we don't like to run it that way. We, we truly care about the players coming in. Uh, we truly teach lessons and try and give them the knowledge to make their own adjustments out on the field. So um, we're just trying to kind of change the, the area and, and the outlook of, of how baseball and softball is played here and, and try and catch it up to some of more of the powerhouse states that do have um, great baseball. And we definitely have the athletes here to do it. It's just going to take a little more of the going down the correct path to, to be able to catch up with some of these other places. Fantastic. Appreciate the time, Brad. Uh, we'll see you soon, bud. Thank you. Aaron, thanks a lot, man. You bet. From 643 Hitting Academy, Brad Emis, former uh, professional baseball player for the New York Mets.
Welcome back to the show. If you get an opportunity this weekend, a number of great eating establishments throughout Northeast Louisiana, but certainly three of our favorites being Portico. It was, again, uh, rocking last night. I'm expecting the same thing tonight and tomorrow. Not that I was there last night. I was about to say, (laughs) how do you know? When I I drove by. Ah, I see. On the way back to work. Mm. Or the field house. That one day, me and Jake are going to go back out there. One day, yeah. Back out there like we've been together before. (laughs) (laughs) Go watch a preseason game one day. One day. Preseason? Aaron, how about this? We're going to be all in next week with uh, the Hall of Fame game. Yes. Yes. Well, we got nothing else. Yeah. So, yes, we're going to be all in. With T.O.'s Hall of Fame speech in Chattanooga also, we'll be all in. Is he going to stream it live on social (laughs) media? Then do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you can make your way out to Traps, too. Been out there last week a couple times, actually, out on the deck. There you go. Hey, speaking of the bet, though, how about you come watch the fights at the house next weekend and you bring pizza? I thought it was this weekend. Well, there, there's oh. fights every weekend, but oh. we're buying fights next weekend. You bring uh, pizza. I'm going to be in New Orleans next week. Of course. You always got an excuse. Got a busy social calendar. I'm just trying to use it to, to get get some pizza out of it. I just basically don't want to hang out with you. I, I hang out it. enough with you. Well, drop it off. Why don't you drop it off? <laughs> <laughs> we spend how many hours together a week already? Too many. 15 hours a week? Yeah, I would say 15. Yeah. <laughs> too many. All right. Are you ready for parting shots? Yes. Let's get to our parting shots on this Friday morning. May God give you for every storm a rainbow. For the end zone for Cangelosi. Yeah! Touchdown, Bulldogs! Touchdown, Bulldogs! Touchdown, Bulldogs! You've got to love it. For every tear, a smile. Warhawks win! Golden Browning scores! For every care, a promise. And when the game is over, you just make damn sure we're back in this locker room sizing ourselves for rings. You got that? For every sigh, a sweet song. And an answer for each prayer. Count! Count! Touchdown! I do not believe it! The Tigers pulled off another miracle! I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me. And I'll miss our time together. All right, now listen. Now that was just rudimentary editing there to put that together. But it's an example of you put Vin Scully in anything. Even that, just our little party shot. It makes it better. Oh, it raises the bar to a different standard. So when we were making the argument earlier this week when we were doing our top ten movies, and I had, for the love of the game, ranked in the top ten. And he played a a huge part of that, even though he wasn't a main character and basically just heard his voice throughout. That took that movie from literally maybe a four and a half all the way up to an eight and a half. And that may be a little bit of a stretch. That is Kevin nice. Costner actually takes it from a four and a half to an eight and a half. All right. Vin takes it from a seven and a half to an eight and a half. So, okay, I like to pick, make fun of you, make fun of your movies. Bob Euchre in Major League. If if Major League did not have Bob Euchre in it, absolutely, that's a fair point. Yeah. But but what you I'm put saying Jim is, Gray in that role <laughs> instead. You got to stop hating on Jim Gray. <laughs> I think most people have forgotten about Jim Gray at this time. Where is no, he No, he still does. Uh, he has a weekly interview with Tom Brady. You want to talk about getting no substance from an interview. That is the interview <laughs> you need to listen to. Jim well, Gray good. grilling Tom Brady. Well, good. And they do it at the halftime of the, the Monday night football games, I believe. Hmm. There you go, Jake. Listen yeah. to that. Well, okay. Um, what was I going to say? So I, I made I made fun of your list a lot, but truth be told, 
it's all, we're talking about movies. It's all subjective. If you like yes, the cheesy lines, yeah. if you like the cheesy moments, you gotta have the music piped underneath. Yes, that's that's your taste. Yeah. That's fine. So, just know that I, I I'm only a jerk to make it interesting. <laughs> you should put that on a T-shirt. I'm only a jerk to make it interesting. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's Terry Waldrop's uh, philosophy in life too. It might be. <laughs> um, my parting shot today is about Dennis Dodd. Speaking of being a jerk, so <laughs> CBS Sports Dennis Dodd comes out and says that Bryce Love, who is the Heisman favorite entering this college football season, says that he. Let me read the quote. Make sure I get this right. Let's just let's just say Stanford forfeited a bit of leverage to protest if Love doesn't win the Heisman. Why did he say this? Because Love missed the Pac-12 media days. Who cares? Who cares? Who Like, what does that do for your Heisman? When you're talking about Heisman, do you go back and say, well, did you hear what he said at media days? No. no said no one ever. Why did he miss uh, Pac-12 media days? He missed because he had class. Why did he have uh, class? Because he's trying to graduate early in December. He said he he already said he was taking a bunch of classes this summer. And they actually have to go to class at Stanford if you're a football <laughs> That's player. That's true. Yes, <laughs> they do value academics at Stanford. <laughs> yes. Um, so anyway, I just thought that was a trash take from Dennis Dodd. Like, but you know what he did? You clicked on it and you read it. I did read it. Yeah. But. He well, I actually read it on a different side. I didn't go to CBS. He was probably just looking for it. He was going to do this great yes. long lengthy yes. article on him. He was all excited about the opportunity to kind of talk to Bryce Love, which he still has another opportunity. Just get off your butt and, and go to Stanford. And then he's going to turn around and bash the kid for not being there. Yeah. Come on, come on. You're better than that. You're better than that, Dennis. And maybe he needs to be in that class to be eligible for the fall. Did we think about that? I don't think that's the case. I think he's trying to graduate early. All right. You got a part and shot? Uh, what, what should we look for this weekend? Oh. This is the last weekend without football. Watch the fight Saturday. Tomorrow night. It's live on Fox. What has that done for this sport, do you believe? Uh, put it on Fox like they it's do? Helped. It's helped. It, it's been a beneficial relationship because it helped UFC get more exposure, but it also helped. Fox with this FS1 and FS2. When they debuted FS1, they really um, tried to go heavy on the UFC stuff and put a lot of fights on there. And I think it helped build FS1. So it was a beneficial relationship for both. Now, in terms of this fight tomorrow night, I think it's the best free fight of the year mm. because you've got a former champion in Joanna Janjacek. She is the third fight of the night. It's only four main card fights that are live on Fox. She's the third fight. The co-main event is Jose Aldo, who's another former champion. Uh, of course, he was the long-time featherweight champion before Conor McGregor knocked him out. He's fighting a guy, Jeremy Stevens. That should be a barn burner. And then the main event, we've discussed it throughout the show, Louisiana's own Dustin Poirier versus Eddie Alvarez, the rematch that has all of the qualifications to be fight of the year. I mean, it, it could very well be the fight of the year. Um, just if it if it lives up to the hype and if it goes the same route as the first fight was going before it ended uh, prematurely. There are two things to get, uh, or three things to get Jake really fired up about sports. Uh, college football, UFC, and of course, you throw in a big game on Friday night in the high school ranks. Yes. 
UFC, a championship fight is on, or maybe a SEC game between Ole Miss, Mississippi State, or let's throw in Arkansas. Chad Morris and Arkansas random. squaring off against Ole Miss. Which one do you watch? Well, it on? always depends on because I have to. I run into that because yeah. college football, yeah. you know, during the season, as, uh, if, if a UFC fight is, is going on yeah. at the same time, I have to decide. It just depends on on the game and the fight. Uh, the bigger fight, I'll watch. If it's if it's a bigger game, I'll watch it. Uh, a couple things locally to keep an eye on this weekend. Of course, uh, the Cotton States continues. They are down to match play. Just 32 golfers remaining. Uh, two ULM golfers still in the hunt for a title, including. And then, of course, former Aaron's ace and West Monroe standout Joey Kirkland is also mm. in the mix. Uh, the Dixie Majors World Series, you heard from uh, Jay Culver earlier in the show. They play tomorrow at 6 o'clock out at the Stroynton Complex opening ceremonies tonight out at ULM. And if you get an opportunity uh, tonight, uh, check out KNOE. Here I go. Shameless plug. Uh, another edition of What's Your Story. Pretty cool. I got an opportunity to go out and hang out at a Camp Quality. Fantastic camp. Nonprofit organization. 25 kids with cancer get an opportunity to just basically be kids for the week and don't have to worry about their disease. Thanks for listening to the Morning Drive this week. We certainly had some outstanding feedback from you. We'll try to do better next week, starting on Monday at 7 a.m. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the best of the Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.